Again, welcome, and I'm grateful that you are with us uh, if you're here or if you're gathered at home and watching us from your phone or your computer. It's, it's a good day to be together. It feels, it feels a bit like the fourth quarter of a long game to me. It's like the fourth quarter of a long game, and I think we've played the entire game, and, and the coach still has us out on the field or on the court. And maybe there's about six minutes left in the game, and I think some of us are questioning, do we have what it takes to make it through the final six minutes of the game? You know what you do. <laughs> you have it in you. You can do this. We have six minutes left of this game. I, I know that the, this past year, it's going to be almost a year now since we started all of the restrictions with COVID. And, um, but hope. Hope we see with vaccinations. Hope we see with... Uh, the warmer weather, hope, hopefully dampening some of the, uh, suppressing some of the virus spreading. Uh, here in LA, obviously, it's been out of control, but I think, I think we're in the fourth quarter. I think we're tired, but being in the fourth quarter also means we're coming to the end, and we can do it. We can do it strongly together. We have, we have been through this as a church, and we're going to continue to walk through this together, supporting one another, but also it's our role as the church to be supporting those that that are friends of ours, and also encouraging us, helping the church know how we can be helping people around us in our neighborhoods, in our communities. And we don't exist for just ourselves. We also are here so that we can be uh, the, the presence of God in the, in the valley, in LA, in these very challenging times. We began looking at Hannah's prayer in Samuel, 1 Samuel 2, and, and she talks at length about this God of ours who does raise up the lowly and the impoverished, the weak, the meek. And we're going to now move to, to the third chapter of 1 Samuel. And, and here we'll actually see the call of Samuel. He, he is this young child. Uh, his mother had a very hard time having children. And she prayed to God saying that if you allow me to, to be with child, then the first son that I have, I will dedicate him to the service of the Lord. And she does this, and his name is Samuel, and now he has been living uh, with the high priest, with a, a man named with a man named Eli and Eli. And now in this story, it's the first time that God begins to reach out and talk with Samuel, this, this young boy. So we're going to see this together in the third chapter of 1 Samuel. I invite you to read along with me if you're there at home. Again, it's so easy now to find scriptures. You can just tell Siri or ask Google to, to open 1 Samuel 3 for you, and there it is. So this will be starting in the very first verse of the third chapter of 1 Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And those days... The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. 
Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Father, we ask that now, once again, that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and our minds to, to receive what it is that you would say to us today. Surely as we believe that in the scriptures we hear your very words, so now we open up our own hearts and our own minds to receive it, asking once more that we would learn what it is that you have called us to be and to do, both individually and as your church. We ask this in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What's the backstrop here? What's the backstory? So Eli, <laughs> Eli had two sons, and they were no good. Two sons who were serving in the church, but they were taking advantage of that position. They brought lots of injustice into the place of worship. And as we call them, uh, bad apples. <laughs> they, were, they were rotten to the core. And in fact, part of the sadness of the backstory here is that Eli, the father of these two um, abusers of the church, while he knew that it was bad and he tried to confront them, he did not go far enough in censoring these two sons of his and disciplining them. Of course, this does not please God. So he, God has already come and promised to Eli that, that because of this, because of these, these sins, because of the way in which they were not following God, that there would be serious consequence. So here we have a backdrop of injustice, a backdrop of, of impurity, a backdrop of people wanting to come to the Lord to find a certain uh, place of worship and instead finding once more, just like the rest of the world, it was a place where they found hardship. Now, as, as this backstory begins to unfold, I think it's important for us to put ourselves as much as possible here with Samuel, here with Eli. Also, living in a time where it seems like injustice is the word of the day, a time in which uh, the the hardships of the coronavirus have dominated uh, our lives. It says in the very beginning of this passage that the that it was not common in those days for people to hear the word of the Lord. It was not common in those days. It says for there to be visions that that God would be coming and, and showing people a new way forward. And also, almost ominously, we are told that Eli. In his old age, his sight was, was now dimming. 
almost completely blind. So on this backdrop, there, there was a question, I'm sure, rumbling around in, in the lives of the people. Is this the best that God has for us? Is this the goodness of God promised to us? Is God really going to do something here? Into, the, into that story, into that narrative in question, God wants more. This spark of life and light shows up. That's been a theme now for us for, for a few weeks, ever since Christmas Eve, that in Jesus, that in the Lord our God, we have the very spark of life and that there is, there is no such thing as a dead end and there is no such thing as a, as a problem or, or a, a hard circumstance, a hardship that the Lord will not enter in and begin to turn for good. And here, once more, we see the Lord come and enter into this place in which the lead pastor of this church is now going blind, both literally but also figuratively in the sense of the place of leadership and spiritual leadership and proclaiming the good news. The Lord comes, and the first thing that we see is that he calls out to Samuel. But what is fascinating? Does Samuel understand that God is calling to him? What must the voice of the Lord be like? How has the voice of the Lord come to you in your life? Have you ever recognized it? Or perhaps like Samuel. Perhaps like Samuel, the voice of the Lord has come into your life. And the reality is often we haven't even realized that it was God who was talking to us. Hmm. Not just once, but how many times does the Lord call out to Samuel and he doesn't recognize that he's calling to him? Three times. The same night. You know what else is fascinating? Where is Samuel? He's not just sleeping inside the sanctuary, the temple. In fact, he's not just sleeping right next to the altar. This, this altar was the place where God's presence, where God's presence, where God decided that he would dwell with his people. So the ark itself, the presence of God, it says that he was sleeping, that he was camped out right next to the very presence of God. So not just in the temple, not just right next to the ark, but also this last little bit of information and the candle, the candle of the Lord, the candle of God's presence, the lamp of God had still been burning. Imagine all the ways that, that we're trying to get painted this picture in which Samuel was in the perfect position to be listening to God. And yet, when God calls out to Samuel, who does Samuel believe is calling to him? Where does he go? To Eli. He goes to Eli. He says, well, at first he's sitting there next to the ark and he hears God's voice, but he says, here I am. But then when he doesn't hear Eli respond, who he is thinking about, he gets up and goes to Eli. Of course, Eli is just as perplexed as Samuel. So Eli sends him back, <laughs> sends him back to be with God, even though he doesn't realize he's doing this, sends him back to the place of prayer, sends him back to the presence of God, sends him back to this still 
flickering flame of God. Once again, God calls out, Samuel, once again, he awakes, says, here I am, back to Eli. Even for a third time, this happens. Now, for the third time, I think Eli might be getting a little flustered, right? He's, he's like this older guy who's trying to just get his sleep at night, and this young kid keeps coming in to wake him up, saying, hey, wake up. I'm here. I think by the third time, Eli's like, come on, just, just go to bed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's middle of the night. Stop waking me up. We can talk about this tomorrow. And then it dawns on Eli. This old man who's going blind, who once knew what it was like to walk in the fullness of God's presence and blessing, realizes that maybe, maybe this is happening again. And so he tells Samuel to go back. And this time, when he hears this voice calling out to him. This time, instead of assuming that it is supposed to be a call to go to someone else in this world, that maybe the first and primary focus should be turning and asking, Lord, is it you? In fact, maybe the first and primary step that Samuel is supposed to take is always assuming that God is saying something in his life. So he goes back and he lays down, and once again, God calls out, Samuel, Samuel. This time, Samuel says, speak. Your servant is listening. And for the first time, for the first time, Samuel has trained his focus upon God. And not assuming that it is something in this world that is talking to him, but for the first time, Samuel trains his focus on God. And that opens the door to then God continuing to show himself, God continuing to speak into the life of Samuel, and yes, to have even a specific job for him. Which brings me to my next interesting thought. You know, the, the, the work of the Lord and sometimes the blessing of the Lord are often separated for us as Christians. That oftentimes we think about working for the Lord and we think about the blessing of the Lord as, as separate things. We, we pray for blessings. We pray for us to be used as, as an individual or as the church. Um, in Honduras, one of, my, one of my favorite things I learned down there was, was they have a name for when you put rice and beans together. Do you have any idea what that is? It's called a casamiento. It's a wedding. <laughs> a marriage. <laughs> So when you put, because beans and rice go so great together and they're with every meal. So it's like this idea that, that they're supposed to be together and they're so intricately wed together. Friends, for us, for, for those seeking to follow the Lord Jesus, the blessing of God and the work of God are a marriage. They go hand in hand. And until we start, I think, really entering into that into that understanding, it's going to be hard for us as Christians and as the church to stand up and both receive the blessing but also give the blessing as we're working both in ourselves and, and for the world. As Samuel finally is able to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening and direct that to God, that opens up a story in which we see from the beginning of scriptures of how God wants to work through people, and that's through a blessing. Abraham is called in Genesis 12, and God says very clearly that you will be blessed to be a blessing. And that's something that Eli and his sons had forgotten. That the blessing of God accompanies those who are going to be serving him. 
Now, often, almost daily, this comes to a challenge for each of us. Because what does working for the Lord, what does saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, actually require of us? When you open your Bible, every time we need to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Whenever we sit down to... um, to pray and to open our our hearts in in prayer to God. We need to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, directing our focus to God. When we are in a worship service and someone gets up to give a sermon, we need to be thinking and praying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In each of these situations, it might be like Samuel, a time for us to direct our thoughts and our attention on a person or a thing. And In scripture, when we open up often, too often, our focus is on trying to intellectually understand, to connect it to other parts of the Bible, to figure out some sort of a divine riddle. Whereas our first step, like Eli's recommendation, is we need to say each and every time we open scripture, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As we sit down to listen to a sermon like right now, it's not so that you feel like you're receiving something from Jonathan or, or you're, you're entering in somehow into what I've thought about. But we, every time we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As we, as we sing songs of worship as a church, it's not just so that we can come into harmonies with one another and, and be lifted up. But it's, it's also a moment in which we need to direct our focus. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But when we do this, when we open our scriptures, when we hear sermons, when we hear the words of our songs, we see that daily Jesus is asking us into his work of self-sacrifice. That Jesus is asking us into our work that takes us through a cross. Our flesh is weak. So when we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and when we receive that calling to our flesh, to, to our human desires. It doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like the avenue of blessing. It doesn't seem like going through a cross is going to feel like the blessed life that we're hoping to have. And yet the blessing and the working for the Lord is this divine marriage for the Christian in which you all will understand in new ways the blessings of the Lord, of his peace, of his flame of hope, the truth of your now everlasting life, all of these amazing blessings of the Lord, the confidence of faith that he will come again and make all things new, these blessings that can only come from God, that our hearts actually truly desire, our sense of purpose and meaning, our sense of security, and the felt love of God the Father. These blessings only come. They only come in that wedding of also saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and then walking in the ways of the Lord. We're coming into 2021. Now we're almost halfway through this month. And my, my sense has been since the beginning of this month that the call right now is that the church needs to stand up and the church needs to begin once more leading in such a time as this. Leading in a, in a society that is, so, um, that is so hurt and that continues to be so at odds one with another. 
And every time we come to scripture, every time we come into worship together as a church, every time you're at home and you turn something on that, that is worship-filled or a prayer, as you're in Bible study together, I think our, our focus needs to be, our first step needs to be exactly what Eli tells to Samuel. Say to the Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And then my prayer, my prayer for you, is that when the Lord begins to say things, through reading his scripture, through hearing a sermon, the Holy Spirit begins to put things upon your felt heart, that you will have the confidence, you will have the courage to even follow when it leads to that cross. And in so doing, find the blessing of God that you can only know in serving him. So church, again, it is time for us to rise and to be the servants of the Lord, keeping our focus on him alone. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we are grateful for the story of Samuel and his, his call because we too can sense that we don't always understand where you are and that you're calling to us. And so, Lord, our prayer as your church is that you would give us a little more, a little more of your patience. Thank you that this week anew you are calling us. That as we open our scriptures and as, as we hear sermons, as we pray, that once more we can say with Samuel, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Lord, I pray that you would give us the creativity and, and the perseverance that you would give us the motivation to focus our eyes on you so that we can hear your voice. Lord, I pray for the courage of your church to follow your leading, even when it leads through the cross. Lord, I pray for, for those who desperately wish they could hear your voice. in the midst of the chaos and the discomfort. Lord, I do pray for those who, who seek nothing more but then to feel the comfort that you are in control. And Lord, for those of us who have not ever been able to come to you and say, Lord, I do seek you as my God. I do seek you as the voice, as the Lord in my life. I, I ask, Lord, that you would give the seeds of faith and water them in the hearts of those who, who are walking without that, that light and that hope. Lord, may each, each person that you are calling now, may they find the space to land upon faith, to put down roots that you will nourish but Lord, give them the grace to take those first steps of faith and to see you as their Lord, to see you as their Savior. Speak, for your servant is listening. Amen.